Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part five of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 10 called The Making of a Disciple. Last week we had a young couple come and the husband is a truck driver. He's been listening to Walk in Truth Radio and he drives all over. He drives uh, early in the morning and he, I think he listens either at 10.30 or maybe it's the late night broadcast on 10.30 KKLA. And so he brought his wife. His wife had grown up in a Roman Catholic uh, household and they came last Sunday and heard the word of the Lord. She had only been to church a handful of times. She would go during the year for the, you know, kind of the traditional holidays. And she said, just something happened. The music and the preaching and uh, you know, she just sensed the presence of God. And so she walked forward and gave her life to the Lord last Sunday, which was wonderful. It was such a blessed time. And she came back this Sunday. They, they returned, and they have a pretty good drive to come here. They drive about 30 minutes to come here. But they feel like they're at home. And she said to me that everything in your sermon that you just preached this morning at first service happened to me this week. I went home. I told my family I'd become a Christian. And they started saying things like this. You're, you're part of a cult. <laughs> They're going to try to take your car from you. Literally quoting. They're going to try to take your car from you. And I quickly said, what kind of car do you drive? <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't say that. They're, they're going to try to take your home. And she was like, we don't even have a home. How are they going to take that? And back and forth and up and down. And so I said to first service, how many of you in your family, company, relationships, has Jesus become kind of a point of division uh, for you in some relationship? Just raise up your hand. So everybody just take a look around. At first service, it's probably 95% said, yeah, Jesus has caused some division and some important relationship in my life, whether it's a parent or a child or whatever it may be. And that's what Jesus said was going to happen. He said, look, if you're going to take me seriously... I'm going to ask everything of you. Uh, how much do I have to give to follow Jesus as a, as a disciple? Whatever the interaction is, details of that conversation, everything. The answer is always everything. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Not some. All your mind. All your strength. You see, this is the call of discipleship. And would to God that the church, the professing church in our time, would teach it. That we don't, we don't keep these verses from people. This is what Jesus said. And I know it's not easy. And for some of you, it may be the first time you've ever heard these kinds of sharp, hard words from the lips of Jesus. But this is what he said. This is as true as John 3.16. So we need to hear what Jesus says about discipleship. And he says, essentially, look, if you follow me with everything you are, this is number eight on our list. This is the disciples' allegiance. The disciples' allegiance. Jesus must come first. Let me, let me back up so I, I give you the list. Number seven on our list is the disciples' struggle. Don't think I came to being peace on the earth, but a sword. That's the struggle, number seven. The disciples' struggle. And then the 
Next thought here on our list is the disciples' allegiance. Jesus Christ must come first. You must love him above everything else in your life. I came to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, 35 of Matthew 10, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Some of you are like, not surprised. In-laws are always a different category of challenge, perhaps. Not in my case, but. (laughs) And a man's enemies will be the members of his household. So perhaps this happened to you. You became a Christian. You go home to your family and you say, I'm a believer now and uh, I want to share the good news. And you're totally excited. And they're like, uh, let's just put it this way. They're not as excited as you are. And maybe it's because they doubt your sincerity. Maybe they say, oh, we're going to give this six months and see if this sticks or whatever it may be. And look, we, we can understand some of that. But the truth of the matter is, when someone seriously follows Jesus Christ, everything else takes second place. And that's frankly what we don't like. Because we like to be first in everything, whether it's first in our own priorities for ourselves or others put us first. And that's not how the kingdom of God works. If you're going to be a disciple, Jesus must come first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness Matthew 6, and he'll add all these things to you. All your worries, all your relationships. Look, let me say on a positive note that as hard as these words can be, there are so many blessings for a disciple. I have been so blessed these last three plus decades as a servant of the Most High God. Now, there's been times when it's not been easy. I've been preaching in some places where I thought someone, if they could get to me, would want to wring my neck. I've had some people growl at me in the front row <laughs> and, and stuff like that. It's, you know, there's been some opposition, but I would say as a whole, I have been supremely blessed. I have been able to experience things that I never would have experienced outside of Jesus Christ. People coming to the Lord, the blessings of You know, the family of God being knit together in love, being able to preach the saving gospel, knowing the hope of eternal life. I mean, there's so many beautiful things. Had I just gone the other way, never become a Christian, lived a normal life, whatever that is, I would have never known the beauty of these things. I was saying saying to someone last week, you know, who's out doing some missions work, I said, you know what, you're gonna you're gonna experience things that few people experience on the mission field. Because few people are gonna go to the mission field. You're going you're gonna to know depths that few people know. You're going to know some opposition and spiritual warfare that a lot of people don't understand. But you're also going to know heights that few people know. You're going to know blessings that few people know. Because frankly, the church is filled with a lot of people who are not disciples. They're not walking in discipleship. So let me just give you an example. I, a couple days ago, uh, Shane and I did a memorial service for a beloved family that we've known for two plus decades just a couple days back. And we were outside of the church, and you know, uh, it, was, it was emotional, as it always is. The, the person who passed away had become a believer in the last four or five years, had an epiphany moment with a kind of a, a, an accident that happened and what appeared to be angels that showed up. And it was, it's an incredible story, and it turned everything around for this person. And 
there was a lot to celebrate. So, of course, you know, any preacher worth his salt invited to something like that and given a platform, we're going to preach the gospel. So I preached the gospel. I preached the hope of the gospel. I, I said, you know, you need to make a commitment to the Lord. But I said, Jesus Christ wants more than a sinner's prayer from you, for, from you. He wants more than you just getting your ticket to heaven and being okay. He wants more than you. I prayed at a camp when I was 12. He wants everything. And I said to this group that was listening that it's about the kingdom of God. And if you read your Bible, you will find out that the Bible says very little about the afterlife. There's not a whole lot there. We have, we have enough to know what's ahead of us, and it's beautiful. But the Bible focuses more on now. Living for the kingdom of God now. So there was a guy there, and he had a great personality. He was a high school football player, big old guy. And I said, you should come to our church so you could protect me. Talk about self-interest. But anyway, so we're, we're kind of joking back and forth, lighthearted. And uh, he said, well, uh, apparently I need to start going to church more because this Christian thing is something like this. This Christian thing is a little bit more about... Uh, than just going to church every now and then. And his wife was like, yeah, I sing in the choir and I got to drag him to church, you know, and maybe once a month he comes to church. And, you know, he was getting a little smaller as the wife was giving it to him. But here's the thing. He's, that testimony, the faces and the names change, but I've seen it over and over again. I've seen people say, well, yeah, I, I'm saved. I prayed a prayer years ago, but there's no evidence today of a hunger for the kingdom of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? We're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. But you would expect that if someone knows the king and knows what he asked of us, we'd have something there of a hunger and thirst for the things of the kingdom. And so Jesus says, look, this is, this is your allegiance you're going to have some stuff in relationships where if you get serious with me, it, it, it could cause some division. It could cause some lack of peace. Let me say one other thing about this reality. I've watched over the years, and, and I, I'm thinking of one story in particular where there was a man in the ministry. He was a pastor of a Baptist church. This is some years back. And he had a child go wayward, and I won't even get into the details, but it it's along all the lines that we're hearing about today. The child went wayward, so he was living a life not according to clear biblical morality. And the dad jumped ship and took an alternate view and said he had been thinking about it before his son had made this decision. But the truth is that he jumped ship on the moral teaching of Scripture after his son made his decision. Now, I, this could be a number of... Topics. So I don't want to pick on one topic in particular, but I'll just say this. There is a pressure when a family member all of a sudden is doing something like, for example, someone denies that Jesus is the only way to God or says, I don't believe that about marriage or I don't believe that about morality. And now we have a decision to make. Will we love Christ and his truth above even family? And that's where some of us, honestly, we struggle. Because we're supposed to love family, and indeed, the Bible says we're to love our family. We're to love our wives as Christ loved the church. I believe the more we love Jesus, the better we will love our family. Amen? We're to love one another with Christ's love. However, 
If you have to make a decision between a family member who denies the truth of Scripture and Christ, then which will you choose? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael and the Walk-In Truth team hope you're having a blessed day. But maybe you have questions, or maybe you are having a hard time, something going on in your life or in your family. We have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel. If you're having a hard time and need someone to talk to, or maybe you don't feel like talking, but you could use some prayer, you can call Walk-In Truth Tuesdays through Thursdays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844 844- 48 Truth. One more time, 844-48 Truth. A reminder, if you missed any part of today's program, maybe you just tuned in and you want to know, what is Pastor Michael talking about in that specific situation? Well, you can listen to today's episode and many other episodes of Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. In addition, we also have our new free Walk in Truth app where you can listen every single day and also watch videos. But if you'd like to listen to the Walk in Truth podcast, you'll find it on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Search Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app to hear today's teaching and many other teachings in more books of the Bible. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. So he was living a life not according to clear biblical morality. And the dad jumped ship and took an alternate view and said he had been thinking about it before his son had made this decision. But the truth is that he jumped ship on the moral teaching of Scripture after his son made his decision. Now, this could be a number of topics. I don't want to pick on one topic in particular, but I'll just say this. There is a pressure when a family member all of a sudden is doing something, like, for example, someone denies that Jesus is the only way to God or says, I don't believe that about marriage or I don't believe that about morality. And now we have a decision to make. Will we love Christ and his truth above even family? And that's where some of us, honestly, we struggle because we're supposed to love family. And indeed, the Bible says we're to love our family. We're to love our wives as Christ loved the church. I believe the more we love Jesus, the better we will love our family. Amen. We're to love one another with Christ's love. However, if you have to make a decision between a family member who denies the truth of Scripture and Christ. Then which will you choose? And this is precisely what Jesus says. He says, he who loves father or mother more than me. He's not saying 37, don't love your father or mother. No, you're commanded to honor and love your family. The issue is more than me. If you love them more than me, if you love them above me, you are not worthy of me. And you can't help but pause here and say, and I think any casual reader of Scripture might say, well, then who, who does Jesus think he is? Well, he's the Lord of the universe. You breathe because of him. He holds your very life breath in his hand. And, and here's the implicit question here. Is he worth it? Now, I know we're all saying, yeah, but 
This is the dividing line. Is he worth it? Can I say I would be willing to sacrifice the most important earthly relationships for him? Now, I'm saying all things being equal, I think in most cases they're going to become better. But you all know that there are some relationships, and you could probably picture faces right now, maybe multiple faces where it ain't been pretty because you are a committed disciple. Now what? And those aren't always easy things to navigate. But I would just say this, the words sit there nonetheless. If you, don't, if you love them more than me, look at the verse, you're not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That's what Jesus says. He's not saying don't love them. He's saying the issue here is love or the preeminent love. And just when you thought it might get a little easier because it's been tough enough, then he says this. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Come on, Lord, could you let us up for error just for a second? Do you know that in the New Testament, this is the first time, some, some believe Mark is the earliest gospel, some believe Matthew is. If Matthew is the first gospel written, this is the first time in the Bible the word cross ever comes up, right here in our text. And imagine you're a Jewish disciple, you've been learning from Jesus, you've been watching him, and now he brings up a cross? The Roman death instrument for capital criminals? And he doesn't say, take up my cross, Jesus' cross. He says, take up your cross. I don't mind hearing about other people's crosses, but it's my cross. I want you to notice, take up your cross. If he doesn't take up his cross and follow after me. The cross has lost some power in terms of our modern way of thinking. We can't take power away from its message. Here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the power of what it represents. I went into a local convenience store, young lady working behind the counter. She had a big old cross on, I think some cross earrings on. And I said, oh, I see you have a cross on. Are you a believer? And she goes, oh, no. I just like this and how it accessorizes with my earrings. <laughs> I was like, I said, really? Uh, well, and so she had some kind of strange new age belief. And I said, uh, do you know what the cross represents? I said, that's the first century death instrument. That'd be like wearing a, an electric chair necklace on, your, on you. <laughs> oh, well, I just like the way it goes with these earrings. <laughs> you know? And I called fire down from heaven and no. <laughs> what if I said, take up your electric chair and follow me? Take up your lethal injections and follow me. What? What do you mean? That's the way capital criminals die. What's he saying? Take up your cross. Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. What, what is he saying? He's saying that God put his love on display at a cross. And I want you to love the way I love. Husbands, I want you to be willing to die for your wife. Brethren, this is how we know what love is. 1 John 3.16 in the NIV. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for one another. I'm going to a cross. 
And God's going to put his love on display at that cross. And if you are going to be mine, you're going to have to love that way. Sacrificially. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know it. Philippians chapter 2. Who though he was in very nature God, humbled himself. You know the verses, right? He became obedient to the point of death. Even death on a cross. The hardest shameful death. You're a disciple and you're like, wow, he's not messing around here. I heard a pastor yesterday and he was talking about taking up your cross and he said, the Lord wants to stretch us. And he was like screaming and stretch. (laughs) Wow. He wants us to die. And look, we know the verses about we've been crucified with Christ. Romans 6 and um, other places Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live. This could have been a reality for many of the first century apostles, but for us, most likely, it's going to be a metaphor. For what? 91 freeway traffic. What a cross to bear. No. My cross is my boss. It rhymes. It sounds good. No. Your cross is your own death. It's your cross. And it ain't mine. I got my own. <laughs> it's your cross. If you want to experience resurrection power, there must be a crucifixion. You with me? I'm talking about spiritual realities now. Without dying to self, you won't have resurrection power. You can't. Because if you don't take the first step, the second step ain't coming. If you want resurrection power pulsing through your life, you first have to die to self. Jesus says, I want you to take your cross, middle of 38, and I want you to follow me. Follow after me. Because if you don't, you're not worthy of me. You've been listening to The Making of a Disciple, Part 5 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 32. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We would also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teachings today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Sometimes when the topic of discipleship comes up, you feel like, and maybe you feel like your own heart is saying this, or maybe this has been said to you by people who are close to you. You know, don't don't get over the top of this Jesus stuff, man. You know, don't become fanatical, right? Usually what that means is don't go to Bible studies on Friday nights, man. Come on, churches for Sunday. You know, it's that kind of thing. And you're like, I want to get serious with the Lord, but maybe you're afraid of, losing friends or and family. Maybe they're going to, um, you know, tag you as this or that. And it really concerns you. You want to be a disciple, 
but they're happier if you're like them. You know, the old saying, misery loves company and compromise likes company too. So what should you do? Are you going to let what other people potentially will think or conclude, decide for you how you're going to walk? In the end, are those people going to be standing side by side with you when you stand before the Lord and give an account? I don't think so. You see, good company is important. Bad company corrupts good morals. Compromised people usually cause us to compromise. But if you get around on fire committed believers, and I'm not talking about, you know, anything extreme here. I'm just talking about people who love the Lord and it comes out in their life. It will impact you and you'll become more like those who you hang around. There's just no denying it. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and we are talking about the making of a disciple as we've been studying Matthew chapter 10. And I pray that it's been a blessing to you, that you've been encouraged and even challenged and stretched by this teaching. I have, and I know each time discipleship comes up, I know that I have room to grow and I have more to do. My simple goal is, Lord, make me more and more like you. Give me your heart. Let me shepherd people according to your heart. Make me like you, Lord. And that's what it means, really, to be a disciple. We're going to do a part three on the making of disciple right here tomorrow on Walk in Truth. That'll be Friday's broadcast. Pray that you'll tune in, tell a friend, and we'll see you right here. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 10 called The Making of a Disciple. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.